real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. Now, something that we've kind of forgot about a little bit, I suppose... It's a hidden problem. It wasn't before coronavirus, of course, because we were talking about homeless people all the time. Uh, But we haven't heard the word homeless or homeless crisis probably in the last four weeks. Uh, And in some sense, for good reason. But Pat Doyle is the CEO of the Peter McVeary Trust is on the line. Pat, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, uh, Pat, it is kind of it has it has been taken away completely. We were talking about the homeless crisis and homeless people for nearly three or four years. There, you know, it was all over the media every single day of the week. We were yeah. getting figures every night on the news. There's this many people in temporary accommodation or homeless or on the streets or whatever. Sure, now we don't hear about it at all because the news is just swallowed up or consumed by coronavirus. And I suppose they're affected by it as well. We absolutely are, and I suppose um, we've we've had. Um, uh, a huge number of people affected by homelessness over the last few years, and we've had all the weather conditions that everybody's experienced over the last two years, like the heavy snow that time, and then the hurricanes and so on. So, we were used to planning for, uh, you know, for emergencies. And when when sector got word that the the coronavirus, the pandemic was on its way, I suppose we 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 geared up quickly, mm-hmm. and uh, I suppose our objective was to stay out of the news really, and yeah. thankfully. Uh, with the leadership in the DRHE in Dublin, uh, the Dublin Region Homes Executive, the department, ourselves and other providers, so far, so far, we've managed to make sure that uh, our client group aren't in the headlines. So a lot of work behind the scenes. And, and not sure only that, that I mean, a lot of the charities that are out there, some are state funded or part state funded yeah. like yourselves yeah. and, and some are not. Uh, yeah. And, you know, it's very difficult then to raise an extra few quid in cash because fundraising days are out the window, uh, right. you know, and all those kind of things that we're used to seeing. So we, we tend to, at times like this, maybe we forget about the charities as well, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, the first thing we did was we, we knew that fundraising would be gone and uh, our organisation... It relies on the public for about thirty percent of what it needs, and it's just fallen off the cliff. And have the have so, the government stepped in and upped the funding then? No, uh, um, not yet. And um, we have been given guarantees that anything new that we've done for COVID will be funded. So what we did here was we had to do what lots of other employers do. Um, we all took a ten percent pay cut, and uh, a few people were put on shorter working week. Anybody in the back offices was either put on shorter working week or put into the front line. So we wanted, our objective was to make sure that all our resources and all our energy went into the front line and to make sure that the most vulnerable didn't get hit. And as part of that, we took a 100-bed hotel in the city um, and we did that in order to cocoon the most vulnerable. So even I was going to ask you, how, how are people self-isolating when they're homeless? You know, it, it'd be very difficult to find somewhere to self-isolate. Very difficult in congregated settings, and you can see that now in the nursing homes. Um, so what what we've done is we took a 100-bed 100, 100 hotel in the city of Dublin, and um, we uh, we took one um, outside of Dublin City on the Navin Road, and we're taking one in Limerick at the moment as well. And what we're doing then is offering people an opportunity to cocoon or to isolate. So we looked at our own target group, mm-hmm. seeing who was most vulnerable, who was, who had... And, and what about, sorry for interrupting you, but what about, say, you know, when you walk along the boardwalk in Dublin and there's a lot of homeless people you'll see walking yeah. around the boardwalk and hanging around together. Many of them, by the way, have their own problems as well, be it social problems, alcohol or drugs too. Yeah. Are they aware? Because generally 
they wouldn't be aware whether the economy is good, whether the economy is bad. Oh, every every day is the same for them, right? So yeah, are they yeah. aware of what's, and I don't want to make them sound stupid or anything like that or uneducated, but what I'm saying is, are they aware of what's going on around them, how they should be social distancing? Do they have the same fears that everybody else has or is it just another day in their lives? Well, I suppose, you see, the, the, the challenge for our client group is that they've had difficult lives and they've, you know, had to cope with difficult experiences all the time so to them a lot of the time it's kind of like you know well you know we'll, we've we've beaten this we've beaten that we've, we've been to worse so, we've been to worse than yeah, this yeah. So, so having to work with them to practice a social distance has been a big issue the social isolation the, the cocooning works for some people those with mental health it's more difficult um, the numbers on the streets are right down now we, we've been able to get the numbers um uh, ourselves and the housing force team and folk and, and Dublin Simon and the outreach team have been able to get the numbers right down because of the fact that there's very few other people on the street so you can find people easier, see people quicker and get people in. There's been, the DRHE have brought in hundreds of new beds so there is beds for everybody. There is a small group still that are staying out and we're primarily using a model called Housing Force for them. And you may have seen in social media seen, yeah, seen the last job. couple of days that we've taken some of the most entrenched rough sleepers from Henry Street and so on and given them a key to the door. So they were never going to come into a bed in a hostel because they had a, a preconceived idea about that. But they came in and they've taken a key. So even in all of this pandemic, and you're talking about the good, the good news stories, we've managed to give 25 people a key to the door in Housing Forced. Yeah. We have uh, managed all our positive cases. In um, We took 110 apartments and all the positive cases from our services and from the sector have been dealt with by the trust. Um, with the support of safety and that they're a voluntary um and I suppose provide, well, it's a difficult path then you know it's, it's all well and good someone giving someone the key to a door you have to provide a wraparound service then for that Absolutely. person afterwards yeah. and is that practically impossible to do at the moment because of obviously social distancing and people having to stay away from each other etc cetera, etc cetera. is it difficult to do to provide that service then no I have to say we have a brilliant staff and we've you know they really are on the front line and what we're doing in the housing force and we have 318 tenancies now in housing force in Dublin there is because people have their own apartment, we're able to present to the door, we're able to practice the social distance, we're able to, you know, talk to them from either side of their kitchen or dining room. And and for, for those who, you know, who are alarmed themselves and don't want us visiting, we're doing video calling, we're doing, you know, we're talking to them by phone every day um, and we're dropping in food parcels and we're making sure that they cocoon. We're trying to encourage all of our clients to cocoon because, um our underlying health issues after being on the street for 15 years is very poor anyway. But those who have addiction issues are challenged by that because they have to go into the city and they have to to get their methadone and they have to do this and do that. And there's a long way between getting the methadone and getting back to us. So there's a risk all the time for them and a risk that they'll bring it back into our centres. But thankfully to date, um, we have had... um, I'll just look it up here. I have it here, right here for you now. We we have had um, 35 cases positive among a client group of 1,600. And how many, and how many deaths? Do you know how many deaths there have been amongst no, the homeless no community? No deaths from homeless okay. so far. And, and only three of them were hospitalised. And only one of them was in ICU. Okay. Nobody's in ICU today. Well, well, thankfully as well, I suppose the age group, or the median age group of people who are homeless is probably a lot lower than the dangerous or the vulnerable age yes. group anyway. So yes. that, that's yes. probably yes. a good yes. thing. But, he- but health-wise, some of them would, some of their, because of the 
pressure they would have put their bodies under and their health under, some of their health issues would be older. And the hotel. And what, what about what about people who are on on drugs? And there are many people, of course, who are homeless mm-hmm. who are on drugs. Mm-hmm. Are they more vulnerable to COVID nineteen? Is there any evidence in relation to somebody who might be a heroin user or, or using methadone? Or are they more vulnerable to COVID nineteen? Well, heroin and cocaine and all those other substances they affect people's health as well as as everything else so their their immune systems will be a lot more vulnerable anyway they're, they're, the fact that they're out trying to secure that uh, you know the fact that they're not practicing social distancing we don't know where they are in order to secure that means they're much more at risk that's why the government's telling everybody to stay at home the, the ones who are staying at home and cocooning have a, have a much better chance are doing well uh, um, for, for, for us. So those who are active in their addiction, they're, they're definitely much more vulnerable. And we're doing everything we can to get them in. Um, and when we get them in, to keep them in then. And we have a really good thing going with Safety Net. You might have heard Dr. Austin or Carol on other stations. Um, you used to have to wait 12 weeks to get people onto methadone to replace heroin with methadone. Now we can get people onto methadone almost immediately. So as we connect with those individuals, we're able to get them onto methadone and, and, and try to make sure that they, okay. um, they don't take the drugs. In, 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 in the group of accommodation we have that's dealing with all the positive cases, we have a clinical nurse manager in there belonging to the trust. And she's she's managing all those cases, and we're also helping people to manage their addiction and their mental health, all right, well, as well look, as managing the COVID nineteen. Okay, well, look, it's good work all around. It sounds like good work has been done by all the groups, including yourselves, all around to deal with. I suppose a problem that we had before COVID nineteen and becomes a more difficult task, I suppose, during COVID nineteen. Listen, thank you very much indeed, uh, Pat Doyle, is the CEO of the Peter McVeigh Trust. Appreciate you coming on the air today. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hits.